Welcome back to It's All Relative in our Daily Fantasy Edition. I'm your host, Megan, and I'm joined by my brother, Steve, and cousin, Brad. And we are all Daily Fantasy players who like to play on DraftKings, so we like to walk through our weekly process here on this podcast. Um, we like to discuss our core plays, our tournament fades and pivots, and just some general strategy. Um, so let me introduce my family and Fanspeak team. Uh, Steve is Fanspeak's on the clock uh, mastermind and data manager of all of our simulators. Um, but of course, he's a daily uh, fantasy tournament player. Steve, how are you tonight and how was your week five? Uh, doing well. Had a an okay week five. Uh, just didn't have enough exposure to um, uh, some running backs that that went off and not enough Mike Davis, but uh, did okay overall. Okay, well, that's good. Um, Brad, uh, he's our Fanspeak uh, data guru, and he plays little tournaments and cash games on DraftKings. Uh, Brad, how are you doing tonight, and how was your week five? I'm doing all right. Um, not too bad. But uh, my week five, it was. It could have been better. Um, it wasn't great or by any means, but uh, what – really changed it for me was a 2v2 that i picked the wrong side of um, looking <laughs> back on it, it looking back on it i can't believe i even thought this was a, a reasonable 2v2 um but it's um i say, break playing, it down for us yeah. yeah i ended up playing james robinson and isaiah ford and then i <laughs> i could have played mike davis <laughs> and brandon cooks um now so, that yeah, sounds much better, but after a zero from Brandon Cooks the week before, I can see where, it, you know. That's where I was thinking. I was like, I thought Davis and Robinson were equal, but looking back on it, at, I mean, at the time I should have thought, you know, Atlanta's defense is so bad. Mike Davis is a 90% CMC, and at 6,400, like, you just got to play it. Um, right. That was my fault. Um, it was just <laughs> bad, honestly, just straight up bad. <laughs> even so before. that that hurt the week uh overall week i guess yeah okay. could have been a much better week okay well we're learning lessons we're moving on um but before we move on to week six let's take a quick look back at week five um at where we could have improved things and one thing as we both as both steve and brad mentioned that all three of us seem to be struggling a little bit is with the chalk running backs or the running back position and this year you know, it's a weird season. It's a weird year. But, um, you know, we are noticing that chalk running backs are are failing more often. They're not getting there as often. And wide receivers that are similarly priced in that, you know, five to 7,000 range are getting there at a higher frequency. So two questions for you guys. One, what do you make of the reason why this is happening? And two, you know, I know each week is its own beast, but are you considering tweaking your process now that we have five weeks of data and, and playing more wide receiver in the flex um, as opposed to running backs, even in tournaments? Steve, I'll go with you first. So how how are you respond to to this data? Well, I think I think there's two uh, reasons kind of for it. Um, one being, I think we are seeing a bit of a. Uh, this is where we're seeing an impact from guys who did not. Uh, play this year due to COVID. And also, I think we're seeing a higher uptick of injuries, especially along the lines for uh, probably given that we did not have a full off season for these players, a full training camp. I think it's led to more injuries. And so it's making things tough uh, for some of these situations where they look good on paper, but just aren't coming through for whatever reason. 
Um, so I just don't feel we have a good good enough grasp of these teams. And the other part of it is, uh, especially with some of the biggest name running backs injured, that we just don't have guys in really good spots. Um, you have situations where you either have a guy who gets all the carries but almost none of the passing work, like a Derrick Henry. So he really needs two touchdowns to, to get there. Um, or you have guys who are just split so much down the middle that they're not getting enough carries and enough uh, targets to pay off the high prices and the high uh, ownership. So uh, it's making it tough. And there are some like Mike Davis has been good for this, this time period, but very few others have been. Okay. And so are you tweaking your process, Steve, before we go to Brad, are you tweaking your process a little bit more and, and considering using more wide receiver in the flex? Uh, I definitely am looking at much more uh, three wide receiver or four wide receiver versus three running back lineup builds and probably just spending a little bit less at at the running back because I don't feel uh, these top guys have the same baked in floor that they did in years past. So if they don't have that floor, to me, they're not as valuable uh, when you're paying, you know, 6,500, 7,500 or more for some of these uh, guys. That's a good point about, you know, price considered, too. So, um, okay, Brad, same two questions for you. What do you make of the reason why and are you tweaking your process? Yeah, I think the obvious or one of the, the more obvious answers is kind of what Steve said is the running back by committee. And then also, you know, just with the lack of preseason and general workouts, um, you know, players are just not as good. Um, but to answer the second question, uh, I definitely will change my process. I don't know if I'll be playing, I'll definitely be playing more, um, wide receivers in the flex, but I think something that'll change more for me is, you know, paying for these guys that, you know, can easily score 20, just like the, the top end guys. Um, so to give you an example, James Connor, you know, if he scores 20 this week, you know, like that's not too surprising, but at 7,100, that's not going to cut it. But when you go down to say someone like David Montgomery, who can easily score 20 just as easily, but you're saving, you know, was that 23, 1300? Sorry. I mean, why, why, like, why would you play James Conner? You know, more and more winning lineups this year are playing guys that, aren't the high price running backs because um, they're just not performing, you know, 8,000 for 20 points isn't cutting it when you Definitely can get not in tournaments. Yeah. Right. You're when you can get 20 from someone like David Montgomery at 5,800 or, you know, Melvin Gordon's been able to get there. Gibson, you know, <laughs> he hasn't done it yet, but he has the ability to, you know, take a couple of touches and score just as many points. Um, you know, it's, it's guys like these that, you can save a lot more money and then you use that to pay for the wide receivers that are, you know, they're, they're the top guys are still performing. I mean, just this week you look at Thielen, Mm -hmm. uh, Ridley. I mean, those guys have been studs the whole, whole year, you know, Ridley had a, that one dud of a game, but (laughs) the whole whole team, the whole team did. So, I mean, just throw that out the window, but you know, you got, Allen Robinson, who's done well this year. And I think that's where, so normally I, I feel like most people are more comfortable paying up at running back um, for that guaranteed workload. But if it, they're not scoring, 
30, 35 plus points, like it's not worth it, you know, when you can get the same uh, production from a guy a thousand dollars less. Right. Because no matter what the position, we do always have to consider price. And so I think you guys both make excellent points. And I know I am considering kind of tweaking my process because now we do have five weeks of data. So, okay, now let's move on to week six and and kind of talk through our process for this week. Um, kind of a weird week because a lot of, um, you know, big names, big, um, you know, some of the top teams are off the slate, um, either due to buy or on the night games. So, um, Brad, what quarterback... Um, quarterbacks or quarterback stacks are you most interested this week? Um, I think uh, one that's pretty pretty obvious is the everyone's going to want to play uh, the Green Bay, not Green Bay, I'm sorry, uh, Atlanta-Minnesota game. Um, right. You know, with Thielen and Gridley both in great spots. Um, I think Cousins is a quite popular pick for this um, with Thielen. One I like a little bit as well is Matt Stafford with Galladay and even sure. you know, Hawkinson. Um, before Galladay was healthy, you know, he was averaging nine point, or sorry, Stafford was averaging nine yards per attempt. With Galladay now, it's 11 yards per attempt. Um, if you look at last week with Deshaun Watson, um, he set a, a season high for yards per attempt against Jacksonville. I just don't think the defense is very good. And uh, I think that's a, a spot where, you know, Stafford and Galladay can link up pretty well. Absolutely. Um, Steve, same question for you. What quarterbacks are you most interested or um, stacks are you most interested this week? I, yeah, I think those are two very good ones. Uh, other quarterbacks that I really like, I like Deshaun Watson. Uh, hopefully we continue to see him, um, uh, you know, have the training wheels off and, they just go to town. Um, you know, we've seen Fuller and Cooks have some good weeks these last couple of weeks. Um, maybe they can actually do it together one week. They, he has some weapons. He might not have the Andre Hopkins, but he still has some weapons. And, uh, you know, we've seen a Tennessee team that's given up some points, uh, but they also score a lot of points. So Houston's probably playing this game from behind. I think they're going to have to throw a lot. Um, so I, I see Watson just being very involved. <clears throat> uh, who you stack them with? Fuller's a safer guy, but I think Cooks is very well-priced. Uh, so I think you could go either way. I don't know if I'd double stack, but it, it's n- it doesn't break the bank, which is nice. Um, beyond that, I think quarterback plays get a little thin. Uh, I don't mind Aaron Rodgers, uh, but stacking Rodgers and Adams is extremely expensive. Uh, so that makes it really tough for the rest of your lineup. Um, a quarterback stack that... Uh, I think I have some interest in is maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, tough to know who you exactly play him with, but Fitzpatrick has pretty much gotten there every week. Sometimes it's with his legs, but he's gotten uh, 25 fantasy points or more these last four weeks. Terrible Jets team. Uh, I think it might end up being Gasecki is the guy you want to stack him with, but you could go Parker. You could hope Preston Williams, though the targets aren't there, um, though he's coming off a 100-yard week. So, it's a little tough to know who to stack him with, but I think Fitzpatrick's definitely in play. And, uh, you know, if you pick the right right guy, you could have a good week. Okay. Um, now let's talk about, we've kind of talked about running backs a little bit 
earlier as far as um, just the whole nuances of the position. But now let's talk about our core plays that we like for the running back position. And Brad, give me kind of a couple of price points that um, are going to be some of your running back core plays. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned him earlier, uh, Mike Davis. Uh, I still think he's underpriced, even though his price keeps rising. Um, I kind of right. mentioned that he's a 90% uh, CMC. So CMC is priced at 10K. Uh, he should be priced at <laughs> 9k i know it doesn't exactly work <laughs> like that but right you know with someone out of with in the running back position you know catching 30 passes in the last four weeks um he has the most broken tackles um out of anyone in the league um fun fact christian mccaffrey even though only playing two games is still 10th um <laughs> i think that goes to show you just uh how good mike davis is though at you know yards after contact um and so you know, I'll definitely be playing him at 7K. Um, someone else I like a lot is Gaskin. Um, you know, the Jets allow the fourth most fantasy points per game to running backs. Um, he's been getting, you know, 15 carries, five targets just about the past couple games, um, which is pretty good for that price. Actually, it's really good for that price point. Um, and I think what makes me even more excited is that Jordan Howard was a healthy scratch last week. Um, you know, if he is also healthy scratch this week, he gets that um, very valuable goal line work. Um, he scored a touchdown on the goal line last week. Um, so that makes me really like him at that price. And then at the same exact price, I like uh, David Johnson. Um, his attempts, rushing attempts have been increasing um, each of the last four weeks. Um, he was four yards away from hitting the bonus. Um, and he, he's continuing to get a couple, you know, four or so targets uh every every week and the titans defense isn't quite um what's the word intimidating um, yeah as people might think um they're 21st against the rush and 19th against the pass so i do think that houston can move the ball around on them and that dj's in a decent matchup with that price that he's at was did DJ? I don't have it up in front of me right now. Did he? How many targets did he get last week? Was he still getting some a decent target share? Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I'm definitely interested in him as well. And one other thing before I ask Steve the same question, I did not realize that Mike Davis uh, played for Chicago, so I didn't know there was a revenge narrative this week. Oh yeah, I should have <laughs> mentioned that right off the bat. Okay. Well, we've got that playing into it, too. So that makes me like Mike Davis even more. Um, Steve, Matt, uh, Brad mentioned some good ones, but who are some of your core plays at the running back position? Uh, well, I think up high, Derrick Henry is the the guy I am willing to spend some money on. I do worry that they run very inefficiently um, outside of the Minnesota game, which was really in the second half. In the first half, he did not run efficiently. They are averaging under four yards a carry, but <clears throat> Houston has been completely run on all year. Uh, last week, James Robinson didn't get there, but a lot of that I felt like was game script. They got behind early by a good amount. Um, you know, you look at the other games that uh, Houston played this year, and every back lo looked amazing. So Derrick Henry, you know he's going to get 20 carries, uh, just in probably his easiest matchup of the year. So I love that. Um I do think uh, Madison is a, a nice strong pivot at the top just because Atlanta's defense is so bad. And Madison should get 
you know, kind of kind of similar to um, Mike Davis, 90 percent of the Dalvin Cook work, which Mm -hmm. is, of course, uh, an amazing, um, valuable resource. Um, I think David Montgomery is almost a must play this week. Carolina's run defense has just been atrocious. They just lost K1 short. Last week, Todd Gurley averaged eight and a half yards per carry. Brian Hill was like six and a half yards per carry. Dave Montgomery is getting almost every carry. They, you know, they run Cordell Patterson out of the backfield some to get a couple catches and may run him once or twice. But it's Dave Montgomery's job. He's been inefficient running the last couple weeks. But the first couple weeks, he's very efficient. So uh, given this matchup, you got to like that. Um, and, you know, Chicago... Chicago could win this game, and if they're ahead, Montgomery could be running out the clock. So, uh, also, Montgomery's gotten 14 combined targets these last two weeks. I expect that to continue uh, now that Tariq Cohen's out. Um, one other guy lower for a salary saver is uh, Devonta Freeman. Uh, he, while they don't, the Giants don't have a strong offensive line, Freeman does seem to be the lead guy, getting some of the goal line work, getting enough of the passing work. Deion Lewis has been extremely ineffective. Gallman's been okay, but Freeman seems to be the guy there. He got 17 carries last week against Dallas. He's facing their at-home versus Washington. Uh, you know, Washington's defense has just not played well. They've given up over 30 points each of the last four weeks, 30 points or more each of the last four weeks. Giants could, could have the best offensive performance of the year. Uh, and, and Freeman could get a lot of carries again, and, and again, the goal line work, uh, as well as a little passing work. So at 4,900, I think he's a decent play if you're trying to get up to some of these bigger receivers. Sure, and, and we talked about kind of maybe considering paying down more this week. You know, you could certainly point to Freeman and Gaskin and Montgomery as some good um, kind of pay-down options. Um, okay, now let's talk about uh, receivers and our core plays that we like there. Brad, who are your favorite uh, receivers this week um, at some different price points? Uh, yeah, so um, I mentioned them earlier as well, Thielen. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, a really good matchup. Um, he is workload this year has been as consistent as any wide receiver. Um, the past two weeks, he scored over 29, just over 29 fantasy points. Um, you know, double-digit targets in those weeks. Um, you know, without Dalvin, if Dalvin Cook doesn't play, you know, as Steve said, 90% um, might go to Madison. But I do expect some of the work of the offense to go through the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thielen is a beast against a awful defense. Um, speaking of awful defenses, sorry, kind um, <laughs> of an aside, if Todd Gurley can do that to the Carolina Panthers, how bad is Kenyon Drake? Um, that, that that really that is a great point to bring up. I mean, we should have a whole dusty segment, yeah. and he would be the poster child. <laughs> I know. I just interrupted my wide receiver. Talk. No, it was it anytime was actually to, like a great yeah. Any time to trash Kenyon Drake is a great time. After um, after the money he's lost us this season, I'm yeah. totally fine with that. <laughs> yeah, that's anyway. <laughs> moving back to wide receiver, <laughs> uh, someone on the lower end, I like. Um, and you can play either one from this team, I think is an okay play. Um, kind of, if you want to do pay down at receiver a little bit, is uh, playing um, T. Higgins. Uh, he led the team in snap percentage and target percentage last week. Um, I know it was a bad matchup against the Ravens, but 
Um, especially if AJ Green is out. Not that he's good or anything, but you know. <laughs> Another if, dusty one. <laughs> right. If he gets targets, like those are targets not going to either Boyd or Higgins. But I, I like Higgins. Um, and I, I also think that they'll need to move the ball in the air a little bit more than they would originally game plan to. I don't think Mixon is, you know, going to run all over Indy um, like he did against uh, the Eagles. Right. Right. Um, Steve, who are your wide receiver core plays? So I think up top, if you're not p- playing Thielen or if you are and can fit him in, Calvin Ridley, I mean, just take both sure. sides of this game, mm-hmm. uh, you know, outside of that Green Bay game. And, and I think we do need to talk about just how good Green Bay's defensive backs have been this year. Um, you know, Ridley has just gotten so many targets. You got to think that <clears throat> they're not going to be able to run for about 200 yards rushing like they did a week ago against Carolina. <laughs> uh, so it's going to have to come through through the air against Minnesota, and that's a pretty good place to do it because Minnesota's secondary is their weak spot. Um, so I, I like Ridley a lot for a bounce or, or just another big game. I think another pivot at the top is Allen Robinson. Um, probably mm-hmm. not in the lineup where I'm playing David Montgomery, but I think that's great leverage off sure. the narrative of uh, Montgomery to play Allen Robinson. I mean, since Nick Foles has taken over, his targets are up there with anyone, and they seem to be getting more to him than they were with Mitch Trubisky. So um, you got to like what he brings to the table with his equity uh, to get, you know, eight to 10 catches over the 100-yard bonus. And if he gets that touchdown, you're golden. Kind of in that mid-tier range, um, I, you know, I think I think there's a lot of strong plays. Robbie Anderson, Galladay, are good. Uh, you know, Jeff, um, Justin Jefferson. If you're not playing Thielen, mm-hmm. is another way to attack this game. Uh, you know, Atlanta has just been absolutely atrocious with the secondary. We've seen multiple receivers hit against them in a number of weeks. Uh, no reason to think that that couldn't happen last week. Even though Carolina spent pretty much the entire second half or, or you know almost the entire second half kind of r- grinding out the clock both dj moore and robbie anderson were highly effective and that's with mike davis being effective so i mean all three kind of got there right um, i think if you go a little lower from that group in that 5k range uh a kind of both sides of the uh washington new york giants game uh terry mclaurin and slayton both should get 10-plus targets. Both have good chances for a 100-yard bonus against weaker secondaries. And, uh, you know, you do have to rely on the offenses being a little bit more efficient than they have been. But this is the week that they'll do it because they're both playing pretty bad defenses. So um, I like that. But one pivot from that, because <clears throat> all the guys I just mentioned, as well as A.J. Brown, will be highly owned. I like Jerry Judy. Uh, you know, Denver is getting Drew Locke back. Uh there is no Cortland Sutton. It, KJ um, Hamler is likely not playing. It's a good chance Noah Fant's not playing. And you got to expect Denver to be down in this game. So uh, Drew Luck's probably throwing the ball 35, 40 times. A lot of targets should go Judy's way. Um, I like that as a sneaky play against a New England secondary that's not been too good this year. Um, going cheap, um, I don't like a lot of really cheap guys. Probably as low as I would go. I don't mind Higgins like uh, like Brad mentioned. Um, I do like Brandon Cooks a lot at 5,000. And then um, I 
think the only other guy kind of <clears throat> sub five that I would really play is Preston Williams. Devontae Parker is clearly the safer option. But as I mentioned before, the Jets are a bad team. Ryan Fitzpatrick has actually played pretty decently and putting the ball in the air and been pretty effective with it. Uh, you know, Preston Williams, he's not going to get you 10 targets, but he might have a, a efficient game of hopefully he gets more like six to eight targets and maybe he gets there for his price. But other than that, I just don't see the reason to pay down this week. Yeah, without the a lot of the stud running backs on the slate, I, I don't see the reason to really be punting off, um, especially at receiver. And we talked about opportunity costs. One thing I wanted to mention is I think I like Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers stacks a little bit more than you guys. I know some people worry about Adams coming back off the injury. Will he still get that incredibly high target share? Um, I like it because uh, Tampa seems to be more of a pass funnel, tough to run against. Um I just don't know who to bring it back with on Tampa. Is there anybody from Tampa that you guys really like, or is it just so spread out it's it's too hard to call? Steve, what, how are you handling that game? Because that could be one of the higher scoring games of the week. Yeah, honestly, I don't want any real Tampa exposure from the pass catchers. I'd play some Ronald Jones, assuming Fournette is considered limited or out again. Um, but I, I really don't. I, I think Green Bay has one of the better young secondaries in the league. They've invested a number of high picks in it over the last few years. <clears throat> we saw them shut down Atlanta. Oh, we yeah. saw them really limit um, some other games. And we saw Minnesota kind of get get there late in garbage time, and maybe that happens. But um, I just don't really see the the, you know, whether it's Chris Godwin if he's back or Mike Evans. Uh, it's just not worth it um, in for me. They've been a weird team to figure out, you know, where where it's going. I know the against the Chargers, you know, Tom Brady's five touchdowns were really spread out. Brad, do you like anybody coming back in that game? Um, I mean, whether you play if you on the wide receiver side, um, whether you play Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, either one. I mean, assuming they both play or one of them plays, uh, either one can really, you know score 30 points quite easily they're they're very talented but you know like you said they're they've been pretty inconsistent this year along with even being on the field um if you want to get even riskier you can play Cameron Bray um you know he got six targets last week five catches for 44 yards you know at, at 3,500 I mean that's not the worst um yeah you know that's that's almost three times value right there but uh I definitely agree with Steve that Ronald Jones is without Fournette is going to be the safest slash best option to run it back with. Um, in okay, that I was I was just curious because I do have a little bit of interest um, in that stack and in that game a little bit, but I don't love the Tampa Bay side, so maybe that answers my own question. Um, okay, now let's move on to tight ends and um, Steve. Which which tight ends are you targeting um, the most this week? Uh, I think, you know, Andrews could always get it done, but I'm just not going to pay up for a tight end this week. Um, I really like uh, Evan Ingram in the uh, Washington Giants game. Washington has just been absolutely terrible against tight ends. Uh, We we saw Gerald Everett, who was 
essentially the Rams' second tight end just right. he opened the entire game. I mean, he they could not cover him to save their life. So, um, and and we've seen that through tight ends. And you know, Washington hasn't played a lot of great tight ends since the Week One matchup against Philly. So this is a situation where Ingram is a very talented player. Um, Daniel Jones has struggled this year, but if Jones has the time and can get him the ball, he can make some big plays. Um, so that's where I'm at. I don't mind, you know, some some close pivots around there. Uh, Eric Ebron being the the one where you save a little bit. Um, <clears throat> you know, last week he had a good week. I think we know what Eric Ebron's role is for this Pittsburgh team: five to eight targets a week, a lot of you know some red zone looks. Um, he got eight points last week, 16 fantasy points the week before. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to be touchdown hunting, of course. Uh, one cheaper option that I would point to would be uh, Trey Burton. Sounds like Mo Ali Cox is out. Uh, Jack Doyle is pretty much a blocking tight end. Trey Burton uh, has gotten five and six targets his first two weeks back. And, uh, you know, Phil Rivers has always had a history of throwing to tight ends. That offense has not been, inefic- has not been very efficient, but they are at home in the dome playing against the Bengals. This could be a week where they are a little bit more efficient and Burton pays off, especially if Mo Alleycox sits as expected. No, I like that because I personally like to pay down at tight end. So, Brad, what tight ends are you looking at? Um, yeah, so I'm not a huge fan of paying tight end. Um, the highest I'm looking at this week is like TJ Hawkinson. I think mm-hmm. that's more of a the the game, the matchup. Um and I do think he's a good tight end. You know, he gets uh, a good amount of targets um, from Matt Stafford, and I think they'll be high-value targets this week. Sure. Um, I like the Evan Ingram call. Um, Washington's one of the worst teams against the tight end, and um, Evan Ingram is one of the better wide receivers. Um, yes. Out of the group that they have. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I was... I also like the Eric Ebron um, selection. Um, you know, you take away four of those touch, one of those touchdowns from Claypool. You put on Ebron, and you know he's a pretty good week. Absolutely. Um, I don't think he's Claypool's scoring four touchdowns again. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, Ebron's as good of a chance as any, um, especially with Deontay Johnson being questionable, might not play. Um, that's definitely something to look for. Mm-hmm. But. My favorite play of the the whole week on this uh, this slate is to give it to a big Irv, Irv Smith, um, of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he had a you know pretty good week last week um, as far as really cheap tight ends go. You know, five targets, four catches for sixty four yards. That's ten points at twenty five hundred. That's great value. Um, Absolutely. But uh, you know they did play a lot more twelve personnel last week. Um, you know, whether that's a, a result of Jamal Adams not playing. Um, but I, I know we were talking earlier about this, that uh, who on Atlanta is like Jamal Adams? Um, no one. <laughs> um, so I that doesn't scare me off. And, you know, it is a low price point, so I can really fit in all these other players that I like a lot more at, than some of these higher priced tight ends. And, you know, if I get a zero, I get a zero. I'll take it. I know. I mean, we did it two is, weeks ago with this Adam is a Troutman. Much, yeah, this is a much better play than Troutman, I believe. Um, you know, I, I think I agree. 
Irvo out, at least get a, a catch. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I'll take that catch for 10 yards. That's two points, you know. There you go. Exactly. Like you said, for the absolute minimum, you got to like it. So I think I'm going to be playing probably more Irv Smith than I even want to. So. Oh, me too. um all right now let's talk about some high-owned um players that we may want to go a little underweight on fade underweight um i i know we haven't because the prices came out a little later this week we haven't really had a chance to look at ownership as much but steve are there any kind of chalky players that that you you are going to see yourself going underweight on um so from a I'll give uh, one at running back, one at receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I will probably be underweight on uh, Madison because I do like the passing game more in that. Sure. So I think with Madison being high owned, I don't think he's a bad play, but I don't mind being a little underweight. I probably won't be grossly underweight, um, but I, I like the fact if he ends up being the high sound running back, that just makes Derek Henry a better better fit for me. Uh, at That's a great point, yeah. At receiver, I will be underweight on uh, both Kenny Galladay and A.J. Brown. Um, I like both in vacuums, and uh, there's definitely a path of success for both. But, I mean, Kenny Galladay, I think, is one of the most talented receivers in the game. Uh, My issue is the offense and potential game script. Uh, They've yet to throw for 300 yards this year. And while Jacksonville's a really bad defense, if they get up early, I really worry that Matt Patricia is just going to run the ball with Swift and Peterson and, and, you know, everyone else there. So, you know, I just, I just don't know if he'll end up with that big target game that we need him to get. And um, A.J. Brown, it's kind of the same situation where they do a lot on the ground. Houston's been terrible against running backs. Uh, A.J. Brown, I don't know if, you know, either Humphreys or, or Davis, I, I don't know if they'll be back. But even so, I mean, Brown only got nine targets this past week. He could get there on a limited number of targets, but I just think uh, people are just jumping over him just because you know he was in a uh, an island game where everyone watched and saw him tear up a bad Buffalo secondary, and you know Houston. And they were out with um, without Tre'Davious White too. And well, that that's what I mean. Like because there was no Tre'Davious White, it was a really bad Buffalo secondary, and Houston doesn't have a great secondary. I think their Houston run defense is the worst part of that team. And um, so I, I would just rather be on Brown in, in that game. So those are the two guys I am going to be underweight on. Okay. Brad, which uh, high-owned guys do you see yourself being underweight on this week? Um, I, I agree with uh, what Steve's saying. I, it's not that Madison's a bad play. I definitely like Thielen a lot more. Um, right. And, of course, Big Irv. Um <laughs> And Jefferson but, uh, too. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah make a point for sure. For me. Um, I also I was I was going to mention AJ Brown. I think that's the obvious choice, um, mainly because I do think Derrick Henry is going to, you know, when he smashes, no one else really does, um, especially on his own team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I don't like AJ Brown for that reason because I I just think Derrick Henry's so much better. Um, but someone else I I don't like a lot um, is Devontae Parker. Not that it's a bad matchup or anything. I'm just I'm really liking uh, Miles Gaskin, um, and you can you can do a little stack with uh, Gaskin and Dolphins D, right? Uh, with Joe Flacco playing, um, <laughs> I, I I just 
I mean, that's just my personal preference. I, I like the the workload that Gaston's getting and the the potential for, you know, eight point eight and a half point favorite home team. Um, you know, whether it's Gaskin or you know any other running back with that kind of workload, you kind of just it's a lot more attractive to play that um, that setup. Sure, and the so. three of us always like targeting the Jets, but to your point. Um, you know, they could be up by so much with either a defensive touchdown or, you know, in, you know, that the offense gets there so early that let, that right. that's a great point, you know. That, yeah, and it, it honestly could be Kosicki instead of Parker. Um, right, right. So. No, I think that's another another good point, too. So, um, okay, now let's kind of look at maybe some lower-owned guys. And, uh, Steve, I think one, and I don't know what his ownership's coming in at right now, so forgive me, but when you mentioned Allen Robinson, I thought, wow, is that a great leverage play off of David Montgomery, who I do like. I like both of them, to be quite honest. But um, what other um, kind of low-owned tournament plays are you looking at this week? Yeah, so... I mean, just some guys that uh, we talked about some already. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, I think Allen Robinson, I don't think he'll be super low owned, but I think he's a great pivot off uh, the high ownership of Montgomery. I think, um, uh, you know, I don't know how many people are going to want to pull the, uh, the Slayton or McLaurin trigger, especially mm-hmm. both of them. So if you stack both. Uh, maybe maybe that will end up popular, but right now they don't seem to be jumping off the page. I like uh, that. Uh, at running back, you know, it does just because the buys and all that were missing some some things. So I don't know if anyone's super low owned that I love, uh, but I will say that Gaskin. I, I agree with uh, Brad that Gaskin is likely to not see the ownership that the top guys like Davis, Madison, Montgomery, Henry will get. So I think that's a great way to differentiate your lineup if you're playing one of those guys and Gaskin. Um, you'll probably have a much uh, much more unique lineup. So um, you know, I don't mind eating some chalk this week. I'd rather play the the really good plays and. Um, you know, I think, I think there will just be enough to separate it in the end and and hope you get the right, the right overall construction. Sure. Brad, which, uh, I know there might be a Carolina Panthers, uh, receiver you mentioned, but besides him uh, or talk about him and and any other tournament plays you like. Are you referring to, uh, DJ Moore? I I am not referring to DJ Moore. Okay. Well, (laughs) because Robbie Anderson seems to be pretty high on this list. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't realize his owners. See, I haven't analyzed. Yeah, the he's at that, the so same as a... Devon, uh, like Devonte Adams, um, Devonte okay. Parker. Okay. But, I did yeah, not no, realize I, that. So I do so like no. the uh, the uh, the pivot to an Allen Robinson, Robbie Anderson game stack sure. instead of a, a Mike Davis Montgomery. Um, I just think that Teddy Bridgewater, he already doesn't throw the force of the ball down the field, but even then, like you're not doing that on the Bears. They're very good keep it in front of them defense and sure. you know i could see robbie anderson getting another 13 or so targets you know getting close to, to the bonus with a decent chance of getting there um you know that's what 23 points there um right you know, that's not bad for his price point um and definitely as more of a, a leverage play um someone else that i was looking at uh oh, where'd they go 
<laughs> um, sorry, I lost my my spots. It happens. It happens. Um, DJ Moore, though, could be. I mean, now that you say that, now I didn't realize Robbie Anderson was going to be higher owned. I mean, I guess you could go to DJ Moore if you wanted yeah. to get crazy on the ownership game. But like Steve said, I'm kind of playing more of the single entry, three max type tournaments. I try to really play the best plays and maybe try to look for the low owned plays, you know, just a, a handful, like one or two yeah. spots. So I don't know that I'll be doing personally much DJ Moore. Yeah, I, I don't think I will either. Um, but a, a different receiver that you can play is uh, Will Fuller. Um, he's not projected to be super owned. And I think a lot of people will look at last week and really compare his stat line to Brandon Cook's stat line. Mm-hmm. But Will Fuller has not too surprisingly, because I do think he's the most talented receiver on the, the team, but he's definitely more known as a, a boomer bust kind of guy. But he's been pretty consistent with targets and production um, when he's healthy each week as i say besides uh, the one game where he was getting like a calf massage or something right right, (laughs) other than that you can't predict that but (laughs) i think i'll take my chances this week with the the lower ownership um right uh, and i'll play i'll play him a couple times because uh you know the tennessee defense isn't you know amazing by any stretch but um i do think that uh Watson and the the Texans will be playing from behind, and it will be a slower game. I just because of the the whole Derrick Henry run it thirty plus times and win um, narrative. I'm I'm writing in my head, but sure. uh, I do think Fuller could get there, and I don't even mind Brandon Cooks, but I I do think he's a lot more projected ownership. Yeah, yeah, especially after his big week last week, and he's only up to 5k this week well guys let's talk closing thoughts before we uh sign off steve what are your closing thoughts heading into week six before you start building these lineups um i think i think this week maybe more than most you're going to have to figure out what narrative you believe um for some of these games uh i mean that's always a strategy but um for instance you know i know a lot of people are very high in the detroit jacksonville game uh, in the Detroit pass catchers, and and I get it. Um, you know, Stafford and Galladay could be good, but if the narrative does go that they get up early, I I worry about that game. And the same same's true for the Packers uh, Buccaneers. You know, Tampa, we're just not sure what to make of them right now. And if Green Bay gets up early, with the way that defense is played, Rodgers and Adams might not get there. So I think you've got to make a some very clear choices of how these games are going to go, because I think a lot of these plays. Um, are are very much game script dependent more so than most weeks um so how you define how the how these games are is very much going to determine who you want to play no that's a great point uh brad what would be your closing thoughts heading into week six um kind of to build off that everyone built the game script um based on the uh the Pittsburgh Eagles game last week, and that was the projected lowest uh, over-under, and it ended up being the highest. Um, it just goes <laughs> to show when you think you know everything, you really don't. Um, now, I'm not yes. saying you should be playing all the loan games, but if you know you think that two teams could you know, score more than the, the projected implied team total, um, you know, play a lineup or two. Granted, you sure. probably aren't playing Chase Claypool, 
in that game or Fulgham, but right. the point still stands. Um, you know, no, it's a good point. And, it's any game good. can go off. And, um, you know, if you kind of have this mindset of a uh, preconceived notion that, you know, a lower owned game can go off, then you can build a lot of leverage there, especially if a, a higher owned game, like, you know, this uh, Minnesota Atlanta game, for whatever reason, you know, it's 20 to 17. Uh, you can make up some a lot of ground with a, a lower owned game like, a, I don't know, the Cincy, well, not Baltimore, uh, a Colts game. Right, um, right. No, I, and like you said, just how any game can go off. Any game has certainly proven me wrong that um, that any game can go way under what you think, too. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, my closing thought is I'm going to try to get the running back position right this week because, oh, my goodness, so that the running back position has has really buried buried some lineups the last couple of weeks. Um, all right, guys. Well, that was fun. Um Good luck to everybody uh, building their week six lineups. Thank you for joining us. If you like this, be sure to uh, like, subscribe, and share it. And uh, be safe out there, and we'll see you next time.